0: Man, it's good to worship, isn't it? It is. It is. And uh, all we do the rest of the morning is going to be good as well. God is working this morning, and I am thankful, um, deeply thankful for that, deeply thankful for these guys and all they do to lead us in worship. I thought I'd pitch a change-up today in honor of today's weather. You know, we're having record-setting heat, 100 and something, 110, 11, 12, 13, 14, wherever we end up today. I thought we'd title today's message, If You Think This Is Hot. <laughs> Not really. <clears throat> Not really. We're going we're gonna to continue our series, uh, Prayer 101. And I don't know about you, but I find that in my life, I often have the feeling that, that something's still missing in my prayer life. Or I often have the feeling that there's definitely still room to grow in my prayer life. In this series, we're going to talk about what prayer is what prayer isn't and how both as individuals and as a church we can grow in our prayer life. We can grow in prayer. So I guess the base question I want to ask and answer this morning is, is this simple question. Does prayer work? Good answer. Does prayer always work? We'll get to that. I agree. We'll get to it. So, We're in scripture, we're in James chapter 5 today, so if you have a Bible, you might open it with me, the book of James chapter 5. If the Bible is new to you, you can look it up in the table of contents, but it's very near the end of the Bible, if you will. And so uh, James chapter 5, the book of James, interestingly, written by the half-brother of Jesus, who absolutely thought his brother was nuts, while his brother was walking around healing people and saying to people, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And All those things that Jesus did, thought his brother was nuts, thought his brother lost it pretty much. But then, after hearing that his brother was crucified and buried, having seen his brother resurrected, he put his faith in his brother as his Savior, as his God. And so James later writes this to the church, James chapter 5, part of much of what he says here. But he says, Look, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah, here speaking of the great prophet of the Old Testament, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly. Literally, it says he prayed praying. It double repeats himself, essentially, saying that that he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So I'm going to see if we can make all of this sort of sync up today, because it seems a little disjointed in the way... He goes about addressing what he does. But as we dig a little deeper, I think we find that there's actually a smooth thought that runs through this whole text. And right out of the gate, I noticed two big conclusions for this in my own walk with Jesus. Two big conclusions. So if you're taking notes with me, you're going to jot these down in your listening guide. Um, I believe those listening guides are available online as well. Just look in the links. It should all be there. Number one, first big conclusion... I need to connect with Jesus in all my circumstances. I'm a person who follows Jesus. I need to connect with Jesus in all my circumstances. Good, bad, you name it. Whatever I go through, up, up times, connect with Jesus. Down times, connect with Jesus. Difficult times, connect with Jesus. That's basically what he is getting at in those first verses. Chapter 5, verse 13, if any one of you in trouble, he should pray. If anyone's happy let him sing songs of praise he is telling us that no matter what we're going through that we should <laughs> we should not only include Jesus but we should realize we are included in Jesus that we are connected to him that he is with us and that he is always available If any one of you in trouble, he should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. If any one of you sick, he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. I want to come back and dig into that verse a little bit more in just a moment. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up, and if he has sinned, he'll be forgiven. You know, there are a lot of verses in the Bible that make you scratch your head at times. This is one of those verses. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Is this saying that if I prayed and didn't get well, that I didn't have faith? Which is essential to the question I began with. Does prayer work? And does prayer always work? Again, I will dig into this as we make our way through this today. But at a broad level, this is telling me if I'm sick, I need to connect with Jesus. If I am weary in my soul, I need to connect with Jesus. If I am pumped and energetic and excited, I need to connect with Jesus. So whatever I'm going through, I need to go through it with Jesus. I need to connect with Jesus in all my circumstances. But the second big conclusion that's just abundantly apparent in the text is that we need to help each other connect with Jesus in all our circumstances. That we exist as a church to help each other connect with Jesus. That that prayer is a, a communal activity. You might remember when Jesus taught us to pray, right? What we sort of call the Lord's Prayer, but really the Lord's Prayer might be more like what he prayed later. The model prayer, our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. That prayer, our Father in heaven. Not just my Father in heaven, but our Father. He says, verse 16, verse 15, verse 14, he told us to call on the elders of the church to pray over us, anoint us with oil, verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And then he goes into this story about Elijah. Again, we're going to have to come back to that. But he is essentially telling us that we need each other. That it is loneliness that often keeps us trapped and away from each other. It's it's why we put such an emphasis in Harvest on teams, on small groups, On on what we do in worship. Because because so much of what it means to be a part of the family of God is the belonging that comes out of being a part of the family of God. That we need each other. We need to support each other. We need to celebrate with each other. Right? We We are to mourn with those who are mourning and rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Paul wrote in the book of Romans... That life is not something we're to do alone, and church is not something we're to do alone. In the end, that prayer really is a team sport because we don't go to church, we are the church. I went online this morning when I got here this morning. I got here a little early. I came up yesterday. I wanted to make sure the AC was all working for us. And uh, we got things set yesterday. I came early this morning, checked the building again. I wanted to make sure everything was good. And I posted something online just about, hey, I'd love to see you at Harvest Community Church this morning at 9 a.m., 1045, right? The building is nice and cool with the A.C. going. It's not that the church is nice and cool. It's the building that we're in because we are the church unfortunately churches are often cold you're like yeah this ac is a little cold it's all right just take a break like go out any one of these doors you only need a couple of seconds outside you'll want to come right back in but churches are often cold not the buildings but the people we don't want to be that we want to be the church to each other it's not something we go to it's who we are and as part of the family of God Jesus is among us and if Jesus is among us then we certainly should be asking ourselves how do we help each other connect with him in all we do so two big conclusions right that I need to connect with Jesus in all my circumstances up downs you name it through it all but we need each other to really accomplish that subtly, I want you to get what I'm saying. That if I say, you know what, I'm just going to be a lone ranger as a Christian, that I'm putting a barrier between me and connecting with Jesus in all my circumstances. Because when I try to do it all on my own, I'm creating a wall that says, I will go no further. And that limits my understanding of what Jesus is doing and where Jesus is and how I can walk through this. So the big question again is, does prayer work? Or does prayer always work? And here's the thing I'm trying to convince us of. It's the one thing that today's message is about. If the big question is, does prayer work, then the one thing is, yes, prayer always works. But I don't always get what I want. But then again, those are two different things prayer always works, but I don't always get what I ask for, but it always works. You say, how can you say that? Because he says that the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Have you ever met anyone who said, look, here's my story. I used to believe in God, but I prayed something I prayed that God would provide, I prayed that God would heal, I prayed that God would save someone, I prayed that God would would heal a family member, and it didn't happen. And when it didn't happen, that became detrimental to my faith. Have you ever talked to someone like that? I've had people tell me that. I've had people tell me that they literally walked away from God because they asked God to do something, and He didn't do what they asked. Now, to be fair to them, often what they asked was something meaningfully significant, and even often not something for themselves. I know stories of people who've told me over the years, you know what, I asked for God to heal my mom or my sister or my brother or my dad, and it didn't happen and I just got bitter. I just got angry. And I gave up on God. And here he says, hey, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be fe- healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. It's effective. I looked this version up, this verse up in different verse, versions of the Bible because I wanted to make sure we really catch what it is saying. The Holman Christian Standard Bible would say it's powerful, the prayer is powerful in its effect. The English Standard Version would say it has great power as it is working. What is it that has great power as it's working? It's prayer. So then how can you say that prayer always works? Well, that goes back to what am I doing when I pray? And so at some basic level, prayer is connecting with God. It's communicating with God. At some little deeper level, it's an ongoing conversation and connection with God. And so I can kneel in my room privately without anybody knowing, and I can pray and connect with God. But likewise, I can hike to the highest mountain, i can swim in the deepest ocean there's no place i can go that god is not and when i am praying i am connecting and conversing with a god who loves me dallas willard the great spiritual director of i don't know spiritual formation probably one of the greatest writers to talk about what it really means to be a disciple of jesus said prayer is just talking to God about what we're doing together. And so you will probably find in your prayer life that what you're doing together is sometimes mundane. Grocery store trip, right? A little jaunt over to Home Depot or Jerry's. But you're talking to God about it because you're doing it together. You're you're putting up a pool in the backyard because it's hot. You're you're taking down a pool in the backyard because it's cold. You're you're doing whatever it is you're doing, but you're connecting with God. You're conversing with God as you're doing it. If prayer is talking to God about what we're doing together, then, then yes, prayer always works because... Because you're always talking to God, and God is listening. And God is moving in you. And in that sense, prayer always works. You say, but what about when God doesn't do what I want? Which takes me to this next set of blanks. Backside of the listening guide. What we think prayer is about is getting God on my agenda, getting God on my agenda. That's what we think prayer is about. God, here's what I need you to do. You do it, then prayer works. So this would give us the image of, again, I've used this the last few weeks, but the genie in the bottle. That prayer is just sort of rubbing the bottle. The genie pops up, says, what would you like? You say, I would like Snickers. Poof. Poof. You are turned into a Snickers. You got what you wanted. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is not just making requests. Can we make requests when we pray? Absolutely we can. In fact, Jesus told us to. He said to ask. He said to seek. He said to knock. But what we think it's about is getting God to do what I want, what I need. But what prayer is really about is not getting God onto my need, not getting God onto my plan, but getting me onto God's. That is to say that what prayer is really about is getting me on God's agenda. Not getting God on my agenda, but getting me over to God's agenda. So let's just back up here And walk this through I think I have verse 17 in your notes here but I'm going to back up just a couple of verses verse 14 is any one of you sick yes but that's a whole different story I'm sick in a lot of ways you know is any one of you sick let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint with them with oil in the name of the Lord so let's break this verse down if you're sick you call on the church and the leaders, the elders of the church, call on them to pray over you. Now, can that happen physically? Sure it can. Do we do that as a church? Yes, we've done that as a church. There have been times as a church where we've had requests to be prayed over and we have put a prayer circle around people and prayed over them. It's happened on Sunday mornings right here after or during or between our worship services. It's happened in hospitals where we've gathered around beds and prayed over someone. It's happened in homes where we've gathered and prayed over someone. But I want to be clear about this. Do I think that if I go through the magic steps and I take out the magic oil and I, you know, sort of Simba it on the head of the person who's sick, that that sort of forces God to heal In the way we would want, in the time frame we would want, in the way we would want? That's not what I believe at all. In fact, I don't even think it's what this verse is teaching, although it sounds like what this verse is teaching. But let's be clear here. When it uses the idea of of sickness, it actually, the literal word there, the first time it says sick, is weak. Is any of you weak? Let him call the elders of the church Anoint him with oil. When it uses the word oil here, it doesn't refer, they have a word for ceremonial oil where it's sort of religious ritual and the religious ritual has to do with the healing. It doesn't use that. It uses the much more common word for oil, which was sort of the mundane side. It it was what the good Samaritan used when he bandaged up the person with oil. There's some belief that, that, that what it's referring to here is the practice of seeking God and seeking treatment. It's why I have no trouble at all in my own sickness seeking a doctor's help when I am sick. I can pray for God to heal and I can seek the help of the healing community at the same time. Now, I often want that healing community to recognize that they are an extension of the healing hand of God, that what they're doing is part of who God is as his core, because God at his core is in the business of making people whole. getting a little ahead of what the verse says. It goes on and says, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person, now it uses the word weary, when it When it referred to sick before, it it uses a word that means weak. Now it uses the word, it's translated sick in my Bible and in most Bibles, but it uses a word that means weary, and it says God will make, the prayer offered in faith, will make the weary person, the sick person, well. Well, interestingly, the word for well here is the word saved. that he will make them saved in the sense of well, saved in the sense of made whole. I say all the time to people that we have no problem at all and no qualms at all about praying for healing. Sometimes God's answer is immediate. And sometimes God's answer is wait. And in the life of a believer in Jesus Christ, sometimes God's answer is in eternity. That when we pray for the sick person to no longer be hurting, no longer struggling, no longer aching, no longer in pain. That the ultimate solution is that salvation of our souls that happens when we breathe our last here in this place and we breathe our first in glory. Indeed, the prayer offered in faith does make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. In context, this makes more sense than just if I'm sick, I go wiki, 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 and God gives me what I want. Prayer always works but do I always get what I ask for when I ask for it? No, and you'd be thankful that God doesn't always give you what you want when you ask for it. Because when I was a kid, some of the things, even before I believed in God, that I would sort of like think there's something out there or if there's something out there, and you pray for things, Lord knows you'd be married to the first person you ever dated. Now, for a couple of you, that probably happened, but for the rest of us, we're like, God, you didn't answer that prayer. Sorry. So this keeps going. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. This is communal. And pray for each other so that you may be healed again. This wholeness concept. And the prayer of the righteous person is powerful, and it's effective. It's powerful in its effectiveness, says one of the translations. And then he gives an example. He says, hey, let me give you an example. Elijah, Elijah the prophet, was a, was a, bless you, Craig, was a man, was a human being just like us, even as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Bless you again. Now here he's referring to a story that we find back in 1 Kings. So I put it in your notes for you just so you can go back and read it later. 1 Kings 17 verse 1, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, the Lord, Ahab's an evil king. Ahab's a king whose wife Jezebel was leading them to worship the god Baal. Interestingly, among other things, the god Baal is the god of rain or thought to be the God of rain. And so Elijah says, hey, the God of Israel surely lives. The God whom I serve says there will be no more dew or rain in the next few years except of my word. This is the story. It's in 1 Kings 17. It's concluded in 1 Kings 18. But I want you to get the picture here. Elijah didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I think I'm going to call down a drought. Elijah knew his Bible. Elijah knew what God was doing. Elijah knew how God worked. The people of God were running from God. They were actively running against God. And Elijah would have easily known Deuteronomy chapter 11 and some other verses in the Bible. Deuteronomy 11 verse 16, 17 says, Be careful or you'll be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. And then the Lord's anger will burn against you and he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain and the ground will yield no produce and you will soon perish from the good land that the lord is giving you elijah was not getting god onto his page as he was arguing with the evil king ahab elijah rather was living on god's page joining god Because that's in many senses what prayer is. It's that experiencing God concept where we say, you know what, my goal as a person of faith is to join God in what God is doing. And so if what God is doing is an immediate healing, then so be it. And if what God is doing is a a medical healing, community healing, then so be that. And if what God is doing is awaiting, then so be it. And if what God is doing is that I suffer for the glory of Jesus, then so be it. And if what God is doing is that he saves my soul and takes me home and makes me whole, then so be it. That in the end, prayer is really about getting me into god's agenda not getting god onto mine it's being sensitive to what god is actively doing and joining him in it does this make sense so prayer always works because prayer is always the chance to join god prayer is always the chance to talk to god about what we're doing together so it always works So I'm going to run through it one more time, and I want to give you four ways we help each other prayer. Pray. Four ways we help each other prayer. Pray. I don't know why I can't say that. Four ways we help each other pray. There we go. Four ways we help each other pray. Number one, celebrate with me when I experience God's goodness. When I'm rejoicing, you rejoice with me. Does that make sense? This is why every single Sunday I stand before us and I go, hey, you know these little communication cards? Like everyone should fill one out today. What are we doing? Well, we're giving us a pathway to know how to celebrate with those who are celebrating, how to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Because in this little section at the back that says prayer request, you can say, hey, I have an answer to prayer. You can say, hey, I had a great week. Hey, I was cool in the heat. Hey, God took care of me. Hey, God met my need. Hey. And we can rejoice with those who are rejoicing. It's powerful when we do that. This isn't just a piece of paper. It's a a mechanism through which we walk the faith together and say, hey, celebrate with me. If anyone is in trouble, he should pray. If anyone is happy, let him sing songs of praise. Celebrate with me when I experience God's goodness. Number two, pray healing for me when I need wholeness. When I'm sick, pray healing for me. When you're sick, we'll pray healing for you. Now, again, I'm going to be clear. Do I have any qualms at all about asking God to heal? No, I don't. But I trust God with what that healing looks like. So I've been an asthmatic most of my life, which sort of, precludes me to easily be a person that says, oh, I need help? All right. I'm going to go to my doctor, whom I trust. I have allergies. As you well know, the Willamette Valley is such a, the southern Willamette Valley particularly, located here in Eugene, Springfield, is one of the worst places for allergy sufferers. So do I take my pill? Yeah. Do I I wish I didn't have to do that? Sure. Have I periodically over the years said, God, it'd be great if you'd take that away if I never had to go with that. Hmm. Yeah, I've asked that. But do I trust what God does? Yeah. Do Do I still use my wisdom in how I approach my asthma, my allergies? Do I say, oh, no, I prayed that one time, and because I prayed that one time, God has to do it. He's obligated to do it, that somehow I manipulate God? No way. So what do I do? I make the best decisions I can. I seek healing in the means we have available today, and I trust God with what God does And what I know with 100% clarity is that there will come a day and a time where Brian King no longer struggles in these ways. Where faith will make the sick person well. Now I'm not quite sure I'm ready for that to happen any day quite soon. If you're following what I'm saying. Pray healing for me when I need wholeness. We'll pray healing for you when you need wholeness. And by the way, given that the word here is weak and another word is weary, we're not just talking about physical sickness. We're talking about when our souls are weary to the point of giving up. We might, humanly speaking, call that depression. Depression. That's not a stigma that says, look at me, I'm all bad, I shouldn't be in church because I'm weary. How else is the church to be the church to each other if the weary people aren't allowed? By the way, he also speaks here about the people who need forgiveness, right? He speaks about the people who are walking away, running away, wandering away from the truth. That part of the community of faith is a group of us who are not perfect, who are trying to figure it out, who are seeking God together and trying to join God in what God is doing. Does this make sense? If you're emotionally needing healing, we'll pray for that. If you're spiritually needing healing, we'll pray for that. If you're, if you're in the darkest place you've ever been in your life, notice what this does to us subtly darkest place you've ever been in your life, will say and speak into your soul, disconnect from other people. Disconnect from God. Disconnect. You're not good enough for God to work. You're not... When we go through the darkest places of life, the goal, the enemy in that is not wholeness the goal of god is to put us in community that leads us toward wholeness that he is bringing about again sometimes divine touch divine mercy i can't explain it i have prayed <laughs> i have prayed in hospitals and seen near instantaneous healing before i don't claim that to be me by the way but I have done it. I I have prayed in a hospital where doctors said there is no more chance and a person has lived after that. But I have also prayed in a hospital where the doctor said no more chance. And the person flatlined (laughs) and they went home and I would just say, oh yeah, there's more chance, it's just not here. So we pray for that wholeness. Number three, point me to grace when I need forgiveness. Isn't that what this is saying? Confess to each other and pray for each other so that you may be made whole, so that you may be healed. Point me to grace. If I'm confessing my sins to you, the implication would be that, that I have sinned against you and therefore that there is some grace that happens on your part towards me. Does that happen because we're all so good that we're just such graceful people? Or or does that happen because God's in the grace business and we realize, man, God's given me grace, I've got to give you grace. And how healing is it in the faith community when people squabble with one another and they, they, worse than that, just devour each other and God does the miracle of relational healing. That comes only from a place of humility From a place of confession, from a place of grace. So let's point each other to grace when we need forgiveness. Again in the Lord's Prayer, right? Forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who have sinned against us. And this is core to what it means to be people who follow Jesus. And this last set of blanks, number four, is to reach out to me when I'm lost in weariness. I believe this is what he is saying here when he tells us, brothers and sisters, verse 19, if one of you should wander from the truth, now let's be clear here, he's not talking about people who are not yet saved. He is talking about people who know the truth and wander away from it. If one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Is it saying that you and I save each other? No. It's a work of grace that Jesus does. Is it saying we lose our salvation? No. I think you have to see it in light of everything it says in Scripture. But you know as well as I do that to step away from God and to step away from the family of God puts us in the place where life gets much harder, much more complex. It puts us in a place where there is likely far more sin in play in our lives and it puts us in a place where we are completely isolated from the activity of God and how powerful is it when someone in your life will reach out to you when you're wandering and say hey I just want you to know I miss you I just want you to know that you are loved I just want you to know that I care about you I want you to know that we love you that we want you back I want you to know That you matter. So I guess this has me asking, is there someone you need to reach out to who's wandered from the truth? COVID has been a wandering time. For most of us, is there someone you need to reach out to? And do you have someone in your life who can call you on your baloney When you give the, ah, yeah, you know, you know how it works, right? You're wandering, and then you've got the excuses, right? Someone reaches out to you, and you've got, like, the pre-cued up speech of what you will say. Do you have someone who will just call you on that and say, yeah, I totally hear all that, but I don't believe you? Like, I, that is what it is, but, but you need to know that God still cares about you. You need to know that we as the people of God still care about you. My conclusion in all of this is, <laughs> does prayer work? Does prayer always work? <laughs> yeah. Because prayer always connects me to God who is actively at work, not only in my life, but in the lives of the family, and the lives of the people around me. And if I am tuned into that and paying attention to that, well, then, yeah, it always works. Do I always get what I ask for? No, thankfully. It Always works. So we always end with two prayers. And I guess the question is not only can I pray for you today, but will you pray in a way that commits these things to God? So two prayers. The first is a prayer of salvation. The second, a prayer of discipleship, a prayer of application. If you need Jesus today, would you pray this prayer of salvation with me? Because God sent Jesus who knew that what laid at stake was the wholeness of our souls for eternity. And Jesus came and gave his life and died the spiritual death I'm supposed to die And take my place so that I could have the eternal life that he has to give away. Would you receive that? And pray with me just like this. Maybe online, maybe in person. Say, dear Jesus, please forgive my sins. And please take over my life. Jesus, I put my faith in you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. That is personal. And so I give you me, and I give you my sins, and I give you my sickness, and I give you my brokenness. And I ask that you would make me whole. That in the end, Jesus, you would make me like you. Jesus, I put my faith in you. I turn to you. And I ask you to be my God. From here and forever. Jesus, I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, that's powerful. Man, I would love to know that. I would love to celebrate that with you. You can let us know on your communication card. You can let us know online on the digital communication card. You can let me know by seeking me out in just a minute. You can, you can email me. I'm brian, B-R-I-A-N, at com. And man, we want to celebrate that decision with you. A lot of you prayed that prayer. Maybe last week, maybe last year, or maybe, uh, you know, just a couple of decades ago. And maybe for you, you still want to make this prayer of application something you commit to today. Again, when we worship, we respond to God with commitment. Would you pray this prayer of commitment with me? Dear Jesus, thank you. The prayer always works. In that sense, I ask you to help me as I commit to pray to adjust my life to your agenda, not just seek my own. Help me to connect with you and with others in prayer. And thank you that my church is my prayer team. So Lord, we celebrate with those right now experiencing your goodness. And Lord, we pray healing for those who right now need your wholeness. Jesus, we pray grace for all of us as we need your forgiveness. And we commit that we'll reach out this week to those lost in weariness. Jesus, we thank you that prayer always works, that we can join you in what you're doing. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God is good, isn't he? He is. I'm so glad you're worshiping with us today. As you well know, right, an hour or two from now, we'll gather again, right, share a meal together and just enjoy being the family of God to each other. And I imagine that some of those conversations will be, how are you doing and what is life really like and what's really going on? And, and I just want to challenge us: Just let's be that people who join together in not only loving each other, but loving Jesus together. And know this. God's at work. God's at work in your circle. God's at work in your family. God's at work in your life. God's at work in this church. He's at work in this community. He's at work in this nation. He's at work in this world. We just got to tune in and join in a minute. So as you go today, I want you to join God in that goodness that he is doing. You up for it? All right, as you do, just remind you that we're not passing a plate these days. So a lot of you are giving online. We're thankful for that. Um, if you're new today, please know that um, we're giving is not what we're after. We really want to just, uh, we just really honestly want to hear from you on that communication card. But baskets in the back for the giving, baskets in the back for um, communication cards, we'd love to hear from you. So if I can do anything to serve you today, I would love that. As we go today, remember this you're loved, and you're sent. We'll see you soon.